0: Welcome to 42 Speed Ahead. I'm Craig Fuller here with John Verdon, the trucking lead, business development and partnerships at Waymo. John, how are you today? I'm doing good, Craig. How about yourself? I am. It's, it's great. We've had a fantastic uh, third quarter. The fall leaves are here in Tennessee. Uh, lots of uh, great things happening. College football's back. I'm excited. What, do, what about you? You're, you're in the Bay
1: Area. How are things for you? I'm doing good. We, um, we moved out, actually, of the city of San Francisco um, to the Marin Headlands. So, ton of outdoor activity, mid-70s weather, and uh, I've developed a decent love for trail running, hiking, cycling, um, outdoor pursuits. So, yeah, it's been good.
0: So, John, you are new to Waymo, but you have been in the industry for some time. And tell a l- little bit about that transition of going from Keep Trucking, running partnerships there, and now uh Waymo. Why did you pick Waymo of all the companies in the Bay that you could have or in the industry that you could have joined?
1: Yeah, good question. So when I joined Keep Trucking, um, provider of fleet management and safety solutions, um, it was very early on in their journey. And I think uh, having had the opportunity to build out that BDM partnerships team gave me a great exposure to to all parts of the industry. So working with our fleet customers, our brokerage, factoring, fuel card partners, as well as the whole ecosystem of technology partners, um, I got to touch a lot of parts of the, the trucking business. And I think building that deep affinity for the market um, was something that meant a lot to me, and I was very thankful actually for those who supported and guided me throughout, like yourself included. So, um, what I found was that when speaking with the, the Waymo team, um, I found this mission-driven organization where safety and responsible deployment were, were fundamental to their core being. Uh, and there was with that a notion of like committing to collaborate with the industry to bring the technology, which is ultimately going to be transformative to, uh, to the market. In my opinion, there's there's this convergence of the market awareness of what AV can bring to the industry, um, and this increasing technological readiness, and and therefore this unique opportunity for business development and partnerships to actually work with the industry to to leverage those core competencies and uh, successfully together bring together and deploy uh, AV technology.
0: So, John, Waymo is a obviously a part of a much larger enterprise, but it's still a startup at the end of the day. What is the foundational story of Waymo for those in our audience that may not be familiar with it?
1: Yeah, sure. So Waymo at its core, an autonomous driving technology company with a mission to make it safe and easy for both people and things to get where they're going. And started out in 2009 as the Google self-driving car project, And the core focus since then has been building the world's most experienced driver. So this Waymo driver can be applied across or is applied across two commercial business lines. The first one is Waymo One, which is our ride hailing. um, So the world's first commercial autonomous service. And you'd have recently seen uh, announcements of our rider-only launch in Phoenix metropolitan area. And then we have Waymo Via, which focuses on trucking and and local delivery, which is obviously near and dear to, to my heart. So, John, why
0: driver-as-a-service concept that you guys uh, are focusing on? What does that exactly mean?
1: Yeah, sure thing. So, um, with Waymo VIA, we're pursuing what's termed as a a driver-as-a-service model, where we focus on developing the Waymo driver, our autonomous technology, and then closely work with fleets, OEMs, Tier 1 suppliers to apply that driver into vehicles and fleets, ensuring safe, successful, and incremental deployment of the technology.
0: So why would a fleet uh, work with Waymo? What's the incentive that you guys bring to, to the fleet itself?
1: Yeah, so I, when you think through the, the core benefits of, of what AV technology can bring to the space, um, you think through sort of the notion of improving safety, um, improving efficiency. And what we want to be able to do is actually work with the fleets now to determine like, what can that look like at scale. So spending a decent amount of time right now um, in talking with the fleets, two, two core engagement methods. One is carrying loads uh, on behalf of those fleets via pilots, and the second is fleet studies. So on the load carrying side, fairly self-explanatory, but um, carried our first load back in 2017 for Google's data centers in Atlanta and have been carrying loads on behalf of partners more recently. I'm very excited to, to be sharing some more on that in, in the coming months. Um, And then that second method of of actually engaging with various industry stakeholders in market and operational studies, like deep dives between our companies to understand, like, what does that successful deployment look like? And uh, um, I think the great thing about that format is it's it's an opportunity to get ahead of some of the questions that you just simply can't test at today's scale of pilots. So um, working with the fleets to understand, like, how will these trucks be maintained? Like, what happens if an AV truck gets a flat tire? Um, which parts of the partner's business have have the strongest business case that align to those improvements to safety, efficiency, productivity, and what volumes can be supported on any one of those lanes. So core questions, and I think in answering them alongside our partners, we're really going to develop and, and deploy the technology to scale in, in a commercial fashion.
0: Now, is the driver in the vehicle at the time when there's an in the current technology that Waymo's offering, is this in a driver assisted uh, uh, trip or is the driver completely out of the vehicle?
1: Yeah. So we um, we do tests on public roads where we have um, a driver in the vehicle and a software engineer alongside them. Um, the vehicle is capable and is driving um, in, in autonomous mode though.
0: So basically the driver's there like an autopilot, like a pilot in an airplane just to make sure that the, you know, the, basically there to, to make me as a passenger feel better, there's a human there, but ultimately the plane can effectively fly itself. When I think about autonomous, there's been, a, a, you know, a lot of fits and starts, the story has been talked about ever since the uh, freightways uh, started a couple of years ago, we've covered a lot of the autonomous stories, um, but the Technology has been promised to happen very quickly or there's been a lot of uh, optimism about the speed of it. We're still in 2020 and we don't see autonomous trucks that are doing point to point deliveries at scale. Um, Is it just that this is still going to take a few years or what is your view on that in terms of timeline?
1: Yeah, so in terms of uh, the the latest in developments and commercialization, I I think there's three things to really consider. The first is sort of where's the tech at right now? And I think what you see is a heavy focus on testing, as I mentioned, where you have the software engineer and and the the driver in the vehicle, and building that tech readiness to actually deploy at scale. And you look at a handful of companies, Waymo included, are testing across that that Southwest corridor where there's density of freight, good weather conditions, and, and the favorable regulatory environments. Um, we actually announced fairly recently the, the build out of an operations hub in, in Dallas. Um, but we're also seeing partnership focus where the autonomous technology companies are teaming up with industry players to make those advancements faster and ensure the solutions are working for all. So a great example of that is um, the recent exciting news that we had of, of working and partnering alongside Daimler trucks um, to develop those fully autonomous trucks. and. In that initial effort, um, which we've already begun development work on, in fact, we're going to combine what I talked about earlier, which is the Waymo driver with Daimler's Freightliner Cascadia, which will be available to our fleet in in the coming years. And What is unique and and worth talking about here is that this is going to be a fully redundant level four autonomous truck developed and designed specifically for the Waymo driver. Right now, to your, to your point about um, deploying the tech, uh, you can't order or easily build a truck with all of those redundant safety features that are, that are necessary for, for fully autonomous driving. So, thinking about the, the redundant braking, steering, and so structuring a relationship in that sense of we're very excited to work with Daimler to build that fully redundant L4 Freightliner Cascadia um, specifically for our tech and enable us to, to advance those timelines. Uh, and then the other thing I think is worth actually mentioning and drawing attention to is like, um, we're seeing a shakeout in the space, right? Like, there have been a number of companies, uh, we're thinking through sort of which companies have the stability to make it through in a post COVID and, and to market at scale in general. And we're in a very fortunate position where during this time period of COVID, like, we've accelerated the development and uh, we're able to, to raise our first round of external funding of $3.2 billion back in March. Um, which which plays out in a number of different ways right like in what I'm seeing and speaking to to the industry I don't think the industry from a timing standpoint or otherwise needs to be sold on the concept of, of autonomous technology driving their business but they're they're in the place where they need to determine who and how they partner so having that confidence in the ability to execute like, is my partner going to be there for the long haul pun very much intended um, and having the confidence in building together so what I talked through the fleet studies the pilots, can I work with my partner to operationalize and handle some of those change management aspects of deploying the tech? So from a timeline standpoint, I think we have a we have a perspective and, and for Waymo, we'll likely see full driverless trucks uh, begin to hit the road in the coming years. Um, but we're working with our partners to, to be more specific on those timelines.
0: John, $3 billion is a lot of money. I imagine if you added up all of the autonomous uh, fleet businesses that are out there, you guys probably have certainly raise more money, but maybe more than all of them combined. It's a lot of money. Um, how much of the, and then maybe this information isn't public, but how much did Alphabet sell off of Waymo in bringing in outside investors?
1: Yeah, I, I don't have that in information to hand, to, to be honest, Craig. So I uh, I don't want to speculate on what that would look like.
0: It's still a lot of money. So you've got a lot of trucks to deploy to, before you uh, have the opportunity to burn all that. But let's talk a little bit about, uh, John, about the business model itself, what is the long-term goal? You've mentioned driver as a service. Is the view that ultimately this is a per mile uh, environment where Waymo would just build the, the fleet on a per mile basis?
1: Yeah, well, I, I I don't want to speculate too much as to what the the final that what that commercial final model looks like, but what I can talk to is um, through this driver as a service model, um, what we effectively have is Waymo as a, a fully autonomous technology provider. So for the fleets, we work with the OEMs and the Tier One suppliers, or we'll partner with the OEMs and the Tier One suppliers to make those trucks available, and then provide that uh, that driver as a service to fleets. Uh, who can operate those autonomous trucks themselves as a long-term vision. So, we focus on the technology um, and then leave the stakeholders to to do what they do best, right? whether that's the fleet management, to maintenance, to operations, um, that that drives the long-term model. Um, what's interesting is sort of in the nearer term, the way in which we can engage in those pilots and, and work together with the fleets to determine that structure and, and how we can intertwine and, and commercially scale uh, is to, to run and operate our own fleet. So we uh, we run and operate a fleet um, in Carry Freight on behalf of those partners.
0: Now, is the Waymo technology only available in the, the Cascadia or are there other uh, OEMs that you guys work with?
1: Yeah, so I, I can't share two. Uh, we, we use for our... Um, for the trucks that we have testing with right now, we have Peterbilt five um, seven nines. So we continue to explore relationships with other OEMs. And-, and what is your
0: message to the drivers out there that are hearing the word autonomous and driverless? And you know, this is a, I know this because running a media business, uh, anytime the word autonomous comes up, we get a lot of technology enthusiasts and fleet owners that get excited about the technology, but then uh, others that don't. What is your message to the driver about? The, once we have a level of autonomy, what's the message to them about their potential careers?
1: Yeah, so it's a, it's a good question. And I think the, the fact that we can address and, and work together with fleets and, and other partners within the space right now begins to set the tone for, for how best to, to handle that. And I think I mentioned earlier, like from Waymo for Waymo, we'll likely see full driverless trucks begin to hit the roads in the coming years. Um, but it's, it's not as if that's going to be a flip of the switch moment where suddenly it goes from zero to 100 like our experience deploying the the fully driverless fleet on the car side, um, we know that achieving that that full driverless notion happens gradually, and it it needs to be guided by a safe, responsible approach versus like a specific, arbitrary um, timeline. So taking that incremental, step by step approach uh, is the most responsible way to go. And in speaking with uh, our industry partners and the public, um, they appreciate that that thoughtful, measured approach will help us um, determine. Uh, the, the future of, of work within the space. Uh, I think the other thing that is, is well worth drawing attention to and uh, seeing the, the ATRI study again this week is the, the driver shortage that exists in the space. So um, we do believe that um, with this responsible and staged deployment uh, of AV over time, uh, it's likely a, a smoother smoother discussion topic with the driver. Yeah,
0: unfortunately, drivers new drivers are not coming into the industry, younger folks are not choosing trucking as a career, and much like any other industry where there is a gradual phase in of technology, uh, there's time for, for redeployment of those folks into other industries, and so perhaps it won't be as uh, dramatic as what some would assume or some would suggest. Um, I'm certainly optimistic about the technology, certainly a lot of the data suggests that autonomous driving is a massive uh, safety uh, feature in in how it will eliminate a lot of accidents, uh, a lot of human error. What is the data that you guys are seeing as you deploy these assets in these trials?
1: Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. Yeah, so I, I think we're, we're very fortunate, right, that um, in terms of the, we've been at this for 10 plus years now, so I've done something like 20 plus million mi- autonomous miles on public roads, 15 billion plus miles in simulation. So you begin to discern and have a, a strong pulse on what that looks like, and um, that's one of the, the value adds of being able to build out of that, that data set. Um, what we're typically seeing with our freight ban and our fleet partnerships, I should say, is Both um, strong data learnings, um, but also centering around like what, what are the operational needs? to be able to deploy this at scale. So you have both the data components, which uh, I think both in terms of driving towards an understanding of what safety looks like in the space, but also productivity improvements and and the like, um, alongside some of the the learnings that are are core to determining like, how do we work together? How do fleets go through that change management piece of deploying the the technology within their their current operations?
0: John, when do you expect to have point to point or origin to destination autonomous or is this really a feature that we're going to see in over the road highways and sort of the concept of the uh, the autonomous vehicle will drive to a ramp and then hand off the uh trailer to a local delivery that has a human is that is that the view or do you guys view that you can get full origin destination uh, without a human being involved at all?
1: Yeah, so I think in talking through the, the, the notion of hub to hub or, or depot to depot here, um, we're well poised to tackle either like given the extensive experience with surface streets on the passenger car side. Um, and we're working with partners to find out like what but what works best for them like which in some cases is going to be different from customer to customer, right? Um, but regardless our perspective here is like regardless of the model you go with, the approach is going to be the same. It's going to be um, start on a, a simple subset of the road network, which could be the, the highway and then support progressively more challenging roads, surface streets, over time.
0: Is the is this urban environment the most difficult or is it places like in the country where you, have, you, have, you don't have a controlled environment, it's, you know, I live in the country, we have potholes to deal with, we have rock slides to deal with, I live in the mountains too, trees uh, fall down, deer run out. Where is the most difficult terrain for an autonomous vehicle to contend with?
1: Yeah, but without getting too too deep into the technical components here, I think uh, there there are lots of different variables at play here. So um, when you think about the 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 weather conditions, you think about the road gradients, you think about the the possible occurrences that could seem um, seem very remote and very unlikely, but you need to be able to solve for them. So I think the, the approach we typically take is to to solve, um, to your earlier point, for, like, for all cases, uh, and then be able to deploy in that safe and responsible fashion across areas that, that prove to be a little bit simpler uh, in the nearer term. So the highway where it's fairly controlled, um, the geographic locations where the, the weather is more consistent. So I mentioned that Southwest corridor, your Arizonas, your New Mexicos, your Texas. Uh, and then you've got the, the regulatory components as well. So having a, a favorable environment in, in some of those states give us a good indication of, of where you can deploy that first commercial route uh, and how you can then expand beyond that.
0: John, what does it mean to be partnerships at Waymo? Uh, you, this is a technology that is going to take many years. You, go, you mentioned you guys have been at it for 10 years. That's you know Certainly for startup uh, world, that's a, a long time to get to real commercial side of the market. Uh, but you have a really big balance sheet. You have the opportunity of history, technology, Waymo's safety record in terms of incidents is is the best of all the ATV uh, corporations. I'm curious, what does it mean to be a partnership? What are you hoping to accomplish as in this role?
1: Yeah, so I alluded to it a little bit at the beginning, but that convergence of like the market understanding and wanting to bring the technology to to the to the market, and then having this technology advance at the pace where it'll be able. Like It's unique for BD and partnerships. So it's a great opportunity for for those within the industry to to have like a core impression on, on what this looks like. So for me, that means I get to spend a bunch of time with uh, people that I love spending time with, ask genuine and authentic questions as to how they're operating their business, and find ways to actually determine, like, How do we make this as frictionless and seamless as possible, such that we can leverage our core competency on the technology side of things, and then lean in heavily with our fleet partners and other industry partners to to make sure that the tech fits?
0: Is it fleets that you're hoping to partner with? You guys have mentioned Daimler and OEMs, or is it OEMs or technology vendors? Or is is your charter much broader than that, really anyone that wants to partner that's connected to the trucking ecosystem?
1: So we have. I would say that within the ecosystem, there are there are multiple strands of partnerships that we we can talk about between um, the the trucking side and BD for me, and and then the, the broader industry. And I think um, fleets is one aspect of that. OEMs is another. Tier one suppliers is another. And then you want to think through the the other ecosystem pieces as well, like. And when I mentioned that we want to make it as seamless and frictionless as possible for the fleets uh, uh, to deploy our technology within the space, um, you've got to be able to plug in. And that's, that's an experience that personally uh, I spent the past four years on where um, becoming part of that technology ecosystem and ensuring that the end user has the best experience and most integrated experience across the board uh, is definitely an area of focus as well.
0: Well, John, it's always fantastic catching up with you. I'm super glad that as you uh, moved into a different role inside the industry that you're connecting inside, you're continuing to be a, uh, manage partnerships across this fantastic industry. Uh, you're a good steward of the brand and a good steward of the industry, and we're certainly uh, really excited of what you're doing at Waymo.
1: I appreciate that, Craig, and uh, I can only thank you as well for all the help over the past four years.
0: Well, uh, certainly open, we, we're excited about the future of the technology, future of the industry. It's frankly never been a more interesting time, uh, everything that's going on. And I think one of the things about COVID in the post COVID world or a COVID world and now post quarantine or wherever we're at is mm-hmm. that supply chain and freight has played a front row seat to not only keeping the economy going, but also keeping people healthy and, uh, Uh, given us all the needs that we have. So certainly this is a a great time and a renaissance for our industry.
1: Totally agree. I think it's demonstrated to external participants, like the major role that the industry does play in our lives. And uh, when you've got your parents who aren't within the industry, my parents certainly aren't within the industry, uh, asking me questions about this on a day-to-day basis, um, it certainly excites me.
0: Yeah, it's cool. It's fun and uh, certainly excited to have Uh, all of the developments uh, in this industry and and a lot of the capital and and just great minds that have entered it. So John, thank you so much for being a part of uh, this experience and look forward to seeing you back uh, later to tell us all the great, exciting announcements. You've teased a few of them without giving them away, but you've teased some (laughs) that there's a lot of great things to happen and best of luck at Waymo.
1: Cheers. Great. Thank you.